0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Goal to Go podcast. I am your host, Ethan Clasini, quarantining and socially distancing as we spend another glorious day breaking down the NFL. I feel like I need to do some work on my opening greeting. Uh, Not that we're not socially distancing or being socially responsible because, you know, still a Delta variant out there and things are like it's not completely calm waters. Uh, But I don't I don't think people are quarantining anymore. I mean, um, I know Arizona isn't, but um, I don't know. That's just been my greeting since since we started this podcast last, uh, last July, last August, whenever it was, um, and it's kind of just stuck, but probably a good idea to go back and uh, uh, workshop that a little bit, but yes, welcome guys uh, to episode 30 of the Goal to Go podcast. We are now two or so weeks into training camp. Um, so things are getting a little more exciting. We are approaching the regular season. Uh, this last Saturday, I believe or was no, no last Thursday. I'm sorry. Uh, was the hall of fame game. So the first preseason game was played. Uh, that's exciting, obviously. And today is August 11th, Thursday or Wednesday. I'm sorry. I'm getting the days all mixed up. Um, that's just a, you know, force of habit from being quarantined, speaking quarantine, quarantining for so, uh, so long over the last year, but August 11th, it is Wednesday. The first preseason game already took place and week one or preseason week one is officially getting underway tomorrow, August 12th. And then we'll have games on Friday, Saturday, and one game on Sunday as well. Uh, but we are two weeks into training camp guys. Uh, So I wanted to come in today and tell you guys the storylines that I expect to hear coming out of training camp as we enter the regular season. Just some things that I think will happen during this 2021 season based off of how the offseason went with free agency in the draft as well as with the uh, whispers that we're hearing around training camp. We're kind of getting more of a sense of how teams are going to look entering 2021. Still don't have a full picture, but you know, this is where we can start making more accurate predictions of who we think is going to do well and who isn't going to do well. So I have a couple of storylines that I want to go over based off of everything that has happened to this point that I think are going to occur in 2021. 2021. Uh, before we do that, though, let's get into some news items. Now that every team uh, has been into training camp for a couple of weeks now, a lot of news is being thrown out. Hard for me to kind of cover everything in one episode. Uh, so we're just going to cover the big topics at hand. Um, and of course, what is the biggest. Position group related to the game of football. Of course, it is the quarterbacks. So we will start with the Aaron Rodgers news. If you guys are keeping up to date with the NFL, then you already know that yes, Aaron Rodgers did report to camp. He intended, he intends to play for the Packers this season, uh, despite expressing his desire to play elsewhere hours before the NFL draft back in April. Rodgers did show up to training camp at the end of July and he agreed to a restructured deal that gives him more money going into 2021 and it gives him additional say within the organization moving forward. Uh, As I've covered in past episodes, we know that Rodgers was unhappy with the front office saying that they did not value him drafting a quarterback uh, in the first round two years ago in Jordan Love. And then some of his go-to guys uh, they released without consulting him. Guys like John Kuhn, Jake Kumaro, Randall Cobb for that matter. We'll get into Randall Cobb a little bit later. But he didn't feel like he had much of a say within the organization. And now this restructured deal gives him that voice in the front office. So Rodgers will be playing in Green Bay this upcoming season. Uh, I think this was the best outcome for all sides involved, honestly. Uh, It prevents the Packers from throwing out Jordan Love um, as their starting quarterback in 2021, who, by all accounts, doesn't appear ready to take the reins of the starting quarterback job, so it kind of saves them uh, from throwing him to the Wolves a bit early. And then for Aaron Rodgers, he gets to take another run at the Lombardi Trophy with a very talented Green Bay team for at least one more season. It really just didn't make sense uh, for him to retire. I know he made that... Uh, He threatened that uh, possibility during this offseason, but Aaron Rodgers is a very passionate and competitive person. It seemed unlikely that he was going to follow through with the idea that he was just going to retire while he still had a lot left in the tank. So I think this is good for both sides involved. Um, Rodgers quickly moved On his new powers within the organization uh, to have a voice, he requested Green Bay trade for former Packers receiver Randall Cobb from the Houston Texans, and the Packers obliged. They did make a trade for Randall Cobb, so Rodgers is reunited with his old receiver. He's still got Devontae Adams in the fold, Aaron Jones. Um, They've got a very talented team, so they can definitely make another run at the Super Bowl. A quick note before we move on, though, the raise that he gets... In 2021, it pushed some of the cap hit that the Packers will face from this season into 2022. Um, And that number comes out to 46 million in 2022. So the most likely outcome uh, for me is that the Packers are either going to have to restructure his deal again or, you know, just negotiate a whole new contract or they're going to have to look into other options with Aaron Rodgers, And by that, I mean trading him Uh $46 million for a veteran quarterback who isn't exactly the happiest despite restructuring his contract. Uh, just, you know, the last couple of weeks doesn't mean that everything is forgiven. There's still some bad blood there, I'm sure. So with a disgruntled quarterback Maybe it's not the best idea to move forward at a $46 million cap hit and when you have that former first-round quarterback Jordan Love waiting in the wings. It seems like they're either going to have to restructure or, I'm sorry, um, negotiate a whole new contract or trading him. I think those are the two most likely outcomes. Um, But that is a story that we can get into next offseason. At the very least, we get to watch one of the best quarterbacks lace it up in the NFL once again. All right, moving on from a positive quarterback story to a negative t- quarterback story, uh, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. It's It's been a minute since I've given an update, and part of the reason is that there hasn't been a lot of news circulating around the former All-Pro quarterback for the Houston Texans. Um you know, at the beginning of the offseason, he he's been facing a tumultuous offseason overall, obviously. Just to give a quick recap, uh, at the end of the off, or at the end of the season last year, uh, he mentioned how he didn't want to play for the Houston Texans. He did not like how the front office was operating and he requested a trade. That was quickly followed by the 22 civil lawsuits filed by women saying that Watson sexually assaulted them during massage therapy sessions. Um from that point on, you know it was there was a little bit of a back and forth between lawyers uh, from uh, from Watson's side and the prosecutor's side, uh, but then things kind of died out as the off season wore on into uh, June and July. Uh, but now things are starting to pick up again because of two reasons. One, Deshaun Watson surprisingly he reported to camp. That was a surprise to many, uh, the Houston Texans especially, because you know, he had said that he wanted to be traded. Many expected him not to show up. Uh, but yes, he is out there. Uh, but once again, it, it, this legal issue from the civil standpoint wasn't resolved. And now 10 additional women have come out and filed criminal cases against Deshaun Watson, so a bad story just continues to get worse, and it seems that the Texans have come to grips with the situation. Early in the offseason, David Coley um, in the front office there said there was no way they were trading Deshaun Watson it seems like they've recognized the severity of the situation. They have now let every in the everybody in the NFL know they are listening to trade offers for Deshaun Watson. It seems like they recognize that this is a toxic situation and they are open to just moving on from Deshaun Watson and starting a fresh chapter within their organization. Now, in order to do that, Houston may have to take pennies on the dollar for Watson. As you would imagine, most of these teams that are making trade offers to the Houston Texans, we don't know who they are. are. We've heard rumors about Philadelphia being involved, but nothing of real substance. Any of these teams that are making trade offers to Deshaun Watson, this isn't the same Deshaun Watson from eight months ago. The all-pro quarterback that was the face of the franchise and is a, a great humanitarian in the community. There's a lot of... Just doubt circulating around Watson as a person, you're not going to get the three first rounds, four first rounds that you would normally get from a quarterback of Deshaun Watson's stature in the middle of his prime. You're not getting that right now because there is so much uncertainty. So there's really just no movement on the front of uh, Watson trade offers. So the, the Texans are sort of just stuck in a pickle. But I think my main takeaway is, what are we doing here? from both the texan side and the league side why are we discussing this why are we putting this guy back in the news cycle he is facing some severe accusations that could put him away for a very very long time now i'm not going to condemn him i've said that before in the past i'm not going to condemn him until due process is you know given but he has there are 50 women in, including women that have come out and said, oh, you know, he's been nothing but professional and great to us uh, when we have worked with him. But still, the amount of women that have uh, been involved with Deshaun Watson from a massage therapist perspective, there's been 50 of them, uh, 40 to 50 around that range. That That is not a good look for this guy whatsoever. We need to take him out of the news cycle until all this is resolved. So if you're the Texans, why are you even allowing this guy to just prance around at practice. You know he's not going to be on the roster. You're listening to trade offers. You're, you're not getting anything you like. Tell him to go home. He has been reported of playing scout team safety during practices. He's the QB4 on the depth chart. He's not even getting live reps with the offense. What are we doing here? Send him home. This, he doesn't need to be anywhere near a football field until this legal process is resolved. And if the Texans aren't going to do it, NFL, do something. Put him on the commissioner's exempt list, and a lot of people want to just crucify the NFL for not suspending him right away, but they are... It is, they have to do a certain amount of back and forth with the legal process, but they have it is well within their rights to stick players on the commissioner's exempt list if they believe something mischievous have to, has taken place. While the Ezekiel Elliott sexual assault uh, investigation was still going on in 2015, 2016, they put him on the commissioner's exempt list while the legal process was panning out. Why are we not doing the same with Deshaun Watson? What's the holdup here? We don't need to be talking about whether he's going to be quarterbacking the Houston Texans or playing for another team in 2021 or even in the future. We need to get this guy out of the news cycle. I love the guy on the field. He's one of the, most, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks I've seen take the field in my lifetime, but none of that matters until we solve this legal process. Texans, league, uh, NFL, do something. Get him off the field. We have bigger things to be worrying about. There are bigger issues at play. We don't need to be talking about this. Okay, that's all I had for the news, guys. Just a couple of uh, bigger items that I wanted to touch on. You know, as soon as training camp starts, it seems like there's just a barrage of new, like new news items that are coming out, which you know makes a lot of sense. We actually have football being played, um, but it's a lot to cover uh, in one single episode. So we're just going to focus on the big things. Um, obviously, quarterbacks involve a bunch of that. But let's move past that now uh, to the main segment of today's show, storylines that I expect to hear coming out of training camp. Uh, these are just things, like I explained at the top, these are things through the offseason training camp, I'm sorry, uh, free agency and the draft, and then into the first three weeks of training camp that I have seen, that I have heard, and what I expect to hear coming out of training camp when it's all said and done, and we are ready for kickoff in week one. So, the first storyline that I expect to hear coming out of training camp, guys, surprise, surprise, it has to do with the Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Lamb is ready for that wide receiver one role in Dallas. If you are at all plugged in with the NFL right now, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. This guy just can't stay off of social media. He is making highlight reel grab after highlight reel grab, having one-handed touchdown grabs, diving touchdown grabs, going up over defender touchdown grabs. Um, I mean, over the weekend, about two weeks ago, the Cowboys, when they were in Oxnard, uh, they had a joint practice with the Los Angeles Rams. He made last year's all-pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey look silly on a number of routes. This guy is ready for the spotlight. You know, coming out of college uh, from Oklahoma, we saw his all-pro type pedigree, and yet he was still the third receiver taken off the board after Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, both of them from Alabama. Still very good picks. But C.D. Lamb came into a crowded wide receiver room last year and still just popped off the page starting in week one. You know, Dak Prescott got injured last year in week five, kind of threw Dallas' season all off the rails. But when Dak got hurt in week five, through the first four weeks of the season, C.D. Lamb was on pace for 1,200-plus yards and eight touchdowns in 2020 if Dak hadn't gotten hurt. Those are all pro-type of numbers. How impressive is that? A rookie putting up those types of numbers during a global pandemic type of season where there's virtually no off-season ramp up for these rookies, and there's an established number one receiver on the roster in Amore Cooper, That is, those are great numbers to put up in year one. Usually receivers kind of hit their, you know, their potential in year three, and this guy hit it in year one. I mean, that kind of just, that leads you to believe that the sky truly is the limit for this kid. Um, Amari Cooper, for what it's worth, he started off camp on the PUP list. He had offseason ankle surgery, so he didn't participate in the first two weeks of camp. He has since been removed from the PUP list and has started practicing with the team during camp. And listen, I, I still think Cooper is a wide receiver one in the NFL. I mean, his body control on the sidelines is ridiculous. Ever since he's come over from Oakland in that trade a few years ago, he's been the epitome of a number one receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. I just think that CD has the this special combination of talent and work ethic that's truly going to take him to the next level in the NFL. He primarily played out of the slot last season. According to PFF metrics, he had the best rookie performance from the slot ever since they've been recording last season. Uh, But I think he is going to become a more well-rounded receiver entering 2021. There's been reports of him getting more work on the outside uh, throughout camp, and these reports I think are still going to continue into the regular season. He's just too good of a talent to just stick into the slot you need to move him around all over the field in my opinion I think this only helps both CD and the Cowboys because they're deploying one of their most versatile and talented receivers all over the field if Dak can stay healthy I think CD is primed for a monstrous 2021 and it gives the Cowboys one of the most potent one-two punches at receiver provided that Amari can stay healthy the Cowboys could very well have the best offense in football in 2021 All right, moving on to my number two storyline that I expect to hear coming out of training camp. Let's go to a rookie in San Francisco, and that is at the quarterback position. I think Trey Lance is going to get the start in week one over Jimmy Garoppolo. If you guys are plugged in, you have heard the training camp hype over Trey Lance. Uh, There have been reports from many beat writers in the San Francisco area that There have been very few incomplete passes coming from Lance throughout camp. He's testing the defense deep, and that's just something that you don't get with Jimmy G. You know, ever since they signed Jimmy G to be their lord and savior to take him to the promised land, you know, he's been okay but hasn't really taken them to the next level, and that's really what you want out of a franchise quarterback. Trey Lance coming into the NFL, he has all the talent at his disposal, and he has one of the best teachers in Kyle Shanahan to take him to the next level. I think that this team was hurt more by injury last year than debatably any other team, especially on defense. They are returning Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, D. Ford, Kwan Williams, Jaquiski Tart, uh, and that is even counting other players that they let walk in free agency like Solomon Thomas and Richard Sherman. Now, they did lose Robert Sala to a head coaching position, their defensive coordinator that made San Francisco a top-five unit on the defensive side of the ball, but I think they preserved enough talent on the defensive side of the ball to field at least an above-average unit. This team is ready to win. They just need a dynamic play caller to take him to the next level, and I think Trey Lance is that guy. Now, with that being said, Kyle Shanahan hasn't budged on his stance of Jimmy G being the starter uh, since they drafted him. He stated back then that Jimmy G was the starter, and even amid all these reports that Trey Lance is just popping off, he's still sticking to his guns, saying that he'd be very surprised if Lance was able to overtake Garoppolo. I don't know how long he's going to be able to filibuster on this subject. Re- The subject reports are that Jimmy Chi has not had the best, best camp so far. And if Lance comes out in preseason, wowing like he has in camp, the coaching staff's going to have their hands tied. And you know, we've been through one preseason game for every single team in the NFL so far we saw what he could bring to the table in the first preseason game for the 49ers when he went for that 80 yard touchdown uh, in the second quarter I believe that is just too dynamic of a talent to keep off of the field I think when you get more work with Trey Lance uh, between Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan you're going to understand that he gives you a higher upside than Jimmy G can give you Uh, I just think that he's going to unlock the potential of this offense and I think Kyle Shanahan's going to see the same thing Brandon Ayuk is a wide receiver one waiting to happen D Samuel is your physical screen and motion specialist. And then George Kittle, he's a top player at his tight end position when healthy. This offense has the weapons, it just needs the right captain to steer the ship. Ultimately, I think it is going to be too good of an opportunity for Kyle Shanahan to say no to in week one. Uh, San Francisco's first two weeks, they have Detroit and Philadelphia. Very friendly situation for a rookie quarterback to step into. The 49ers are going to need a prolific offense if they hope to keep pace with the Russell Wilsons, Kyler Murrays, and Matthew Staffords that are all in the NFC West. Why not get him some work early before the games get too meaningful in October and November, and especially in those divisional games? Let Let's see how fun this offense can be with a dynamic player like Lance. Come on, Kyle Shanahan. Give us something to get giddy about. Throw the kid in there. He's ready. All right. Now on to my third and final storyline. You know, we had some feel good stories at the top of this segment. Uh, Let's end it on a not so good uh, storyline that I expect to hear. And that is that the New York Giants, they're going to be in contention with the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans for the 2022 number one overall pick. I don't mean to poo-poo on the NFC East. I've been doing it since this show's genesis back in or last September of 2020. I don't mean to continue doing that, but just look at the signs and let's look at what the Giants have done this offseason and the things that have already happened within the first three weeks of training camp. Saquon Barkley, after tearing his ACL last season, terrible situation, had offseason season surgery. Uh, it was expected that he would be ready to go for the 2021 season. He's been a little slow to get started. Missed the first two weeks of training camp. He has now come off the physically unable to perform list, and he is practicing. But there were still reports about a week and a half ago that said that Saquon was expected back in week three. Of the regular season, not what you want to hear if you are a New York Giants fan. Usually with these guys that are coming off major injuries early on in this previous season, you expect to hear glowing reports. He's ahead of schedule. He's going to be ready for training camp. Uh, It was just a bunch of convoluted, just not really sure where he's going to be over the course of the entire offseason. And then when training camp uh, arrived, sure enough, he was placed on the physically unable to perform list. It is a good sign that he's practicing, but you really want to hear more positive news when it comes to the guy who's going to be the identity of your offense. Not a great way to start training camp and start the 2021 season. On top of that, this offensive line is one of the worst in the league. It was so entering training camp, and then the Giants had to deal with two surprise retirements from Zach Fulton and Joe Looney, who were expected to get beat, have starting positions. That is not a great situation for an already bad offensive line to be presented with. Nate Solder, the Giants left tackle who they signed back in 2018 from the Patriots. He returns after opting out in 2020, but he leaves a lot to be desired, really has not played well since arriving from the New England Patriots. And then their rookie from last year, Andrew Thomas, who stepped in for Nate Solder at the left tackle position, did not have a good season whatsoever last year. PFF has the Giants as the worst offensive line unit entering 2021 not exactly what you want to hear if you are Daniel Jones. All of this raises major concerns for Daniel Jones. Um, Kenny Galladay, he was sidelined from two, for two to three weeks at the beginning of camp because of a hamstring injury. And even before he got that injury, there were reports that he and Daniel Jones were not in sync. This is just spiraling into like one of the worst possible situations that the Giants could be facing entering the 2021 season. I have been saying that... All offs. I've been saying all offseason that this is a pivotal year for Daniel Jones. He has to show significant progress this year in order to be the guy moving forward. With the team currently constructed around him, he's going to have to put the team on his back and contend in the NFC East against the Dallas Cowboys, against the Washington football team. You know, the Eagles don't exactly look great on paper, but they still could pose a potent offense if Jalen Hurts turns out to be something, you know, magnificent. Call me a cynic, I just don't see that happening for Daniel Jones. He really hasn't shown me anything through the first three years of his career that he can put a squad on his back and carry them into the playoffs. I'm thinking that Joe Judge, the head, co- the head coach of the Giants, he's going to be an end-of-season casualty. Who's going to uh, They're going to put all the blame on him, and they're just going to hit the reset button. And I do think that the Giants will be selecting their new signal caller at the top of the draft in 2022. Maybe I'm wrong. There is a big chance that I am wrong, but with the way they look right now on paper, their strongest uh, facet of the game right now is the defense uh, and their offense just leaves a lot to be desired. I think they're going to struggle in the NFC East this season. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope you guys enjoyed the storylines that I expect to hear uh, coming out of training camp camp is actually ending within the next couple of days for most of these teams. Uh, so maybe we'll hear some of these narratives come out in the upcoming days. Uh, Yeah, guys, uh, the regular season is, you know, barreling down our necks right now. Uh, I think it's, uh, what, two weeks from right now? Uh, Let's see. The kickoff of the first game is the ninth. So roughly three weeks from right now, we will have the Cowboys facing off against the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, three weeks is going to go by real quick, y'all. So get your get yourselves ready. Get your fantasy drafts in order because 2021 is a coming. Uh, Speaking of fantasy, I'm hoping to do a fantasy related podcast within the next couple of weeks. I am out of town for work this upcoming week, the 23rd of August through the 26th. Um, If I have some extra time, I'll try and release an episode then. Uh, but if not the week after, which is a week before kickoff, uh, I'll release a fantasy related episode, but until then guys, as always, thank you so much for walk- watching. I appreciate every single one of you stay safe, get vaccinated, and remember to show compassion and kindness to those around you. You never know what someone may be going through. I'm Ethan Klesien signing off until next time.